are the fuck. Fear is not a factor for you. This is where we're going to learn who will be the ultimate survivor. So with your permission, I'd like to take this guy on the boat, and then once he's trapped at sea, teach him a lesson he'll never forget. Can't we just stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. It's going. All right. Welcome to Confession Cam, a podcast about reality TV. I'm John. I'm Hunter. And I'm Daisy. And uh, we're not talking about the Kardashians today. We we wrapped that up, and bef- <laughs> thank God, um, <laughs> we're finally done with that. Um, we are going to get into the Jersey Shore next on the next episode, but we thought it'd be nice to have a little palate cleanser um, in between uh, the two series serieses. Um, so we've got a special guest today. Um, he's worked on Teen Mom, Teen Mom Two, um, HBO's We Are Here trafficked on national geographic are there any i'm missing i feel like there's one i'm missing uh no those are the three main shows that people can see okay uh please welcome sam dumas hi hello thanks so much for coming yeah good to have you here uh this is our very first guest so hopefully there might be a little bit of a like we're not used to interviewing guests before hunter's done it before on his other podcast but um so um yeah Uh, it's the first time we've done this um can you start off just telling us a little bit about like what you do on these shows? Like, what it, are you a producer? Are you a PA? What what is your like role? Uh, it boils down to I'm basically a PA on all of them, but I'm different. It's a different role in each show. So if we're here. I was uh, in the art department, PA. So I'm an, uh, an art production assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, P, uh, basic PA on Trafficked, and then with uh, Teen Mom, I was a COVID compliance officer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a very that was kind of like a time, uh, relative like relative to that time period. Right. Well, I guess so they probably a, still have those now. Yeah, they still have it. Um, I would probably still be working there, except that they decided to not uh, do continuous COVID uh, testing gotcha. throughout the summer during their off time during the off season. They decided mm. not to do that. They were going to, but they changed their mind. And I went with the job uh, here local in Indianapolis at a TV station. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and if either of you have any like follow up questions or anything, feel free to jump in. But um, what what is like a day in the life of a PA? I guess that's kind of a general TV uh, job description that I've heard before, but I guess I don't understand. What. So it's a production assistant. Basically, yeah. it's the uh, the hard labor. It's the general labor. It's the people you got to move stuff, talent wrangling. There's a lot of things that a PA can be doing. Uh, when I for the first show I got into was we're here, and I went signed on as a regular PA. The first day, me and some college girl, we moved 80 cars for their fleet. Uh, wow. because this is before the production was coming in or during the two days that production was flying in. So we moved all their cars that they rented out to the hotel. And after that, they decided to move me over to the art department. I think they thought I was going to get fired. Oh. I think I don't. <laughs> yeah, there's some drama there. I, they did not want to put me over there, but then the uh, production manager changed her mind at last minute and put me over in the art department. Apparently, it was very difficult to work to staff that department. I guess the, uh, the lady who's in charge of it was very uh, strict and very uh, particular. And okay. it was hard to keep PAs over there. They would fire PAs a lot. Huh. So it's a high turnover job. Very position. high turnover, yeah. But okay. she liked me enough that they wanted me to go through to them, go with them for the rest of the season. Oh, cool. I watched the episode of We're Here that you worked on, or I think you actually worked on two episodes. But I watched the Evansville one. It's yeah. really good, by the way. I highly recommend people check it out. Um, one thing about that show that I noticed is true of a lot of reality shows is it kind of constructs a like narrative story arc. Um, on that on that episode, it's with the three different people mm-hmm. um or i guess it's four because they're the, were the two women who got married at the end yeah um 
So, but a lot of reality shows do that. I see it a lot on like The Bachelor, for example. There's like a story arc. I guess I'm wondering, and I'm sure it depends on the show, but do reality shows go into it like with a story arc in mind and then try to get the footage they want to construct that arc? Or is it more like they shoot everything and then arrange it so that it tells a story? Uh, it depends on the show. Uh, with We're Here, it's a little different. It's kind of hard to classify that as a reality show. It's definitely a docudrama or, yeah, docu. It's like half documentary, half reality. Yeah. Uh, so they did the casting for that, I think, a year before they do the casting for that show. Then they decide what the story is, and they do kind of construct the story. Uh, with Team Mom, yeah, they definitely construct a story. It's half story and then half actual reality going on because they because hmm. the uh, the talent in quotation marks uh, they're kind of they're kind of uh, a loose cannon, so they have to be very on their feet. The producers have the field producers have to be very. Uh, uh, yeah, on their feet because hmm. it's kind of half and half. They have okay. an idea of what they want to show, but then like uh, for Teen Mom, is a great example is uh, one of the moms, her ex-husband, the uh, not ex-husband, but the baby's father, father was yeah. coming back from drug rehab. So they knew that they wanted to capture an emotional like reunion scene, but the actual small details of the actual interaction they don't have planned. They just know what the what they're trying to capture. Oh, uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so they might have like specific reaction they're they're hoping to get, yeah. And if they don't get that reaction, then you just have to be able to change plans on on, on the, the fl- yeah. On the so fly. that was okay. crazy. That was crazy because he was flying in from Houston, I think, uh, and that was the only. So from Team Mom, I mentioned I was a COVID compliance officer, except for one episode where one of their production, uh, what do they call that? He had a weird, he had a title, a uh, not a production manager, a uh, team. Team Wrangler or something like that had COVID, so he had to stay inside of his hotel room. So they had me mm-hmm. fill in for the role. Uh, I get a phone call at six o'clock in the morning. And says, "Hey, can you get down to Beach Grove uh, by 7? And I was like, "Yeah, no, I can't." <laughs> it's like, uh, so I got there by nine, which is fine. I show up. They hand me a bunch of sound equipment, which they were not supposed to do because these are actually uh, union jobs. Mm-hmm. But the sound guy didn't mind, so they hand me sound equipment. Throw me in a van. I had to go to the airport, find out from the airport where media is allowed to park. I had to go find this man I've never met in my life who's wearing a mask because of COVID. They're getting <laughs> off the airplanes. I had to intercept him, get the microphone, make sure he's mic'd up, hold him because they're coming behind me. They were going to uh, film his uh, her reaction. They wanted an actual genuine shot of her reaction first time seeing him. But trying to manage all of that, get that put, uh, together was chaos. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's interesting because if. I've heard interviews with other people who've been on reality shows, and de- they definitely does seem to be a lot different. Like, um, I believe it was Wife Swap. The, there was just like she kind of became notorious as like the crazy Christian lady who got sent to a family of atheists. But the whole show is like her freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then in interviews and stuff, she said it was really like the first day that yeah. a lot of those outbursts were just like me getting used to the new environment. Mm-hmm. And by like day three, I was like best friends with this family. Yeah. So when they put the episode together, it was almost all my reactions from the very first day seeing yeah. stuff and being like, this isn't my house. This well, is weird. What you see on TV, a lot of it's fabricated, but uh, they also will poke and prod and cause controversy mm-hmm. that's not supposed mm-hmm. to happen. So interesting tidbit about the teen mom. Uh, the way they do that, their production is completely remote. I never met anyone before I got hired. It was all phone stuff. Oh, wow. And what they do is they fly in. It's a crew of seven people. They fly in. I meet them. I do the COVID testing. I hang out with them for a minute, uh, help them do any other small things they need help with. Uh, but then they fly out after a couple of days. They just keep flying in and out. Well, I figured out what everyone's role is, but there's always this one just really massive, huge, like six and a half foot tall, muscular guy. And I asked him, like, what do you do here? He's like, I'm security. I'm like, uh-huh. oh. 
So, like, to protect us from, like, you know, in case someone tries to steal our equipment, he's like, no, to protect you from the talent. Wow. Wow. I'm like, what? So he explained to me. i never seen Teen Mom, but apparently one of the main, uh, her name starts with an A, for the, one of the OG, uh, uh, yeah, Teen Moms, yeah. attacked her husband with a machete. Oh, wow. Oh my God. But they poked and prodded that. They didn't try to stop that, and they got in trouble for that. They ended up having yeah. to get a fine. And huh. that's happened a few times, like... Uh, <clears throat> With the guy who came back from rehab, he was super nice. But I guess earlier in earlier seasons, like he would show up with like a gun, like an automatic like rifle. Wow! And they have to have security protect the crew from these. Well, I mean, they're the yeah the talent. I've heard of. Uh, do, is that uh, just a side question? Is that a common thing to refer to the the cast members as as talent, even if it's a reality show? Yeah, or? I do that because okay. they're not actors. I mean, that's the it's the the focus. They yeah. might call them different things in different productions, but gotcha. yeah, I just keep calling them the talent. I, I do think you're in an, in an interesting place with some of the shows you've worked on because that's one of the things I've wanted to focus on as we go into these different shows is like the difference between like reality TV and like a documentary mm-hmm. because like on paper they're almost presented like the the reality show is supposed to be like so close to a documentary as it, putting people in a weird situation as it can be but I think there's a conceit that everyone knows that that's not really the case right so. Yeah, so when we're here, it's like I said, half and half. I would consider it more documentary, but it is still kind of put together, and a lot of the drama that you see on the actual show is still curated. Mm. Um, honestly, they don't show even half of the drama that goes on. And it's good drama, good quality, not this like bickering, backstabbing drama. There's mm-hmm. actually a lot of good quality drama that gets cut out uh, for that particular Why show. Why is that? For time, for some reason, they decided to go with an hour-long format. They should honestly do two-hour-long format because there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on, especially with the Evansville uh, episode, you remember the pastor's speech at the end? They cut mm-hmm. that speech down. They oh, made it seem really? like oh, wow. he was, yeah. They made it seem like he was doing that for his daughter, but her, his daughter had a friend at the church who had killed herself because oh she wasn't because she wasn't accepting. He realized that uh, he can't have his sheep, his uh, congress people or his uh, members of their church, kill themselves off. And a lot of the people at his church agreed with that. And his particular church actually supported him going on to the show. Wow, That's really cool. so they kind of cut that out. I think just for the save time. But I mean, it, it's. Which doesn't make sense because it's not even yeah. aired on actual TV. It's aired on the streaming service. Right. Why yeah. not just do the two hours? Yeah, you'd think on streaming, uh, like an HBO original series that's mm. direct to streaming, it would be a little more flexible on that. You also, think? side note, HBO does not make that show. Same with National Geographic. They don't make their shows. These are all independent production companies that put these together, and then they have contracts with HBO to air the stuff. Oh, okay. Thanks, so for, I didn't thanks, work, for, yeah, thanks so for clarifying I that. I didn't work for HBO. I worked for a production company that's a show of another show it was it's actually really hard because I had to like put this on like a job application or when I was uh, buying a house trying to put that company's name on there I couldn't figure out who I actually worked for I got paid <laughs> wow <laughs> I like the paycheck but I had it was it was complicated to find mm. out who you actually work for interesting I've, I've always been told in situations just look at the name on the who the paycheck's from yeah. and just put that yeah. but but like you look but I look up the company and it's a shell company based out of California the actual company I think is New Yorkers also in California but it is a shell company I was working for huh. yeah interesting so yeah so you said a lot of the production works remote. Is that is that because of the pandemic, or is that is it, has that uh, been the case for a while? It was definitely because of the pandemic, but they realized how much money they were saving doing that. For the MTV, they are all remote. Uh, we're here. It's a traveling. It's a freaking traveling circus. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, the yeah, and then uh, with National Geographic, it's pretty remote, but it's that's more documentary. So they're they're on the ground most of the time. I guess I never thought of working on, on a TV show as being the type of thing you can do like. Um, Remotely, mm-hmm. yeah. So with That's all the cool. technology we have, it makes it easier, and, yeah. it, and they realize they're saving so much money, especially when they hire all of us local PAs and not have people travel around. 
Yeah, because you worked on a lot of the more Indiana-centric yeah. uh, stuff. Yeah, I did uh, travel with, uh, we're here out to South Dakota, and then I was supposed to go to Hawaii for that episode. The uh, uh, Marla, the lady in charge of the art department, really wanted me out there. She did not want anyone else. They would not pay for my plane t- ticket to go out there because I wasn't about to drop $1,500. That's almost, that's half of the <laughs> paycheck off uh, the yeah. episode I was making. I'm not about to drop half my paycheck just to go out to Hawaii to say I did it because I do have a family at home. I do have a house and stuff. I still have to kind of keep, yeah, that uh-huh. makes sense. Kind of be responsible for. Um, they would not, so budge. they would have hired you. They just didn't want to cover the expenses. Right. They, they talked about it. I talked to the production manager about that. I explained, like, I can't pay for that full ticket. So they decided to not take me out there anyways, wow. which I don't think they were supposed to go to Hawaii. That wasn't a planned episode. It was something another production company came in and wanted. It was kind of mm-hmm. a uh, compromise. So they didn't want to take any of the production uh, assistance for anyone out there. They wanted to do all new crew on the ground out in Hawaii. Uh, they ended up taking a lot of the production out there anyways. Uh, but from what I understand, because one of my friends who worked on the Evansville and South Dakota episode uh, was still pretty good contact with the production team, I guess that they had put four people they hired four different PAs for Marla, and they fired every single one of them within a day. Wow. And wow. then eventually they had to have one of their legacy PAs come in and help her out. Huh. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, she can be uh, intense. In the South Dakota episode, uh, they <coughs> took over a bowling alley, and they had uh, there was a local PA that hired out there to kind of help her out, help us out, move some stuff around. But she's a young girl, and she kept... Uh, giving input or suggestions to Marla. <laughs> and here's the thing about people who are in charge of the departments. You don't give them suggestions. Sure. This is their thing. They know what they're yeah. doing. You might ask them like, Hey, do you want this here or here? As it's, like, like uh, when I was putting on some, uh, on a truck, we had to decorate, uh, the Christmas that broke the sparkly Christmas rope. I had to put mm-hmm. over a uh, truck and I asked her like, do you want me to connect it here or here as a way of suggestions? And that's fine. But you don't make actual suggestions to, these people are in charge of the department. So well, this girl kept doing that. So Marla had her go down to the basement, bring all the bowling balls from there up into the bowling alley for the decorations, set it up and told her, I changed my mind. Take it all back down there. Wow. <laughs> wow. So there's like a, is that almost like a, what's the, what's the word when like they do it in fraternity? Like, ha- is that almost like hazing a little bit? No, it's less hazing. It's more like this girl's annoying me, keep her busy, but also kind of punishment. Wow. Oh, even okay. making suggestions. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I had to go back and with her, that girl, because it turns out that the bowling ball she was taking were part of this bowling alley's uh, uh, members. And those were like special like balls oh, that were wow. supposed to be touched. These are people's like balls that she's taking out of the lockers and stuff. So I had to go help her organize all of that. That's funny. I kind wow. of blew up in my face, but it was <laughs> fine. Sucks. I talked to the owner. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's all down there. And he's like, oh, fine. He had to come up with some excuse. He'll just tell him that they had to do some work and move the bowling balls around and apologize yeah. if that anything got mixed mixed up. Yeah. Can I ask, um, I, you may not know this for the, the longer form shows, but mm-hmm. about how long per episode were you working on? Uh, you know, it's an hour long episode. How long does it take? To so actually... for we're here, I was there for two weeks okay. per episode. Uh, so two weeks in Evansville, two weeks in South Dakota. Um, and then side note with the Hawaii thing, there's a Colorado episode. They called me back to go to Colorado. And then it turns out that Marla was so pissed off by how they were staffing her that she got some one of her like old school assistants to come on with the show. So I'm a little bit bitter, bitter about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got replaced and I'm out of that show, but also she doesn't work there anymore either. Everyone, no one works there. <laughs> sure. At yeah. That show. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that was two weeks per episode. I don't know, like for, uh, MTV, I worked there from November till March. That's how long they're doing the. Uh, yeah, it's how long the production window is, but they'd only come down for two or three days 
every other week to actually do any filming. Okay. But it was also two shows, so it flip-flopped a lot. Interesting. So, yeah, that's a big difference. Two weeks and, like, four months. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And then uh, with traffic, I was there for one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> one day only. Wow. One day per location. Wow. No, so there's just a... one day. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I went there for one day, and it's just one of those bizarre, insane experiences I've ever had at that one day. We're definitely going to get into that one day. Yeah, but, um, save that towards the end. So there's a lot of variance in like how long it takes to shoot these shows. It, it's really, yeah. It really depends. It could be anywhere from a day to two yeah. weeks I would say, for one episode. Right. It, and it depends on the episode. So like the production for We're Here, that would have gone from, what was that, I think May or April to the end of September is the actual production window. But oh, for the entire per, season. Yeah, for the entire season, then two weeks per episode that they were doing. <clears throat> Maybe a little bit, bit of a larger window. So gotcha. I think it just depends on the production of how they're putting it together. Has working on these shows changed your opinion of, I don't know what your opinion of reality TV was before. I, with, I always, <laughs> so Sam and I have known each other for a very long time and I always thought of you as being kind of like a, a guy who's into like, like kind of art, <laughs> artsy films and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so when I heard that you were working on reality TV, I was like, Oh, I didn't really think of him as a reality TV guy. Like his, um, I don't know what your opinion of reality TV was before you started working on it, but like, has this shaped how you view it? So with the all? exception of a couple of shows, which is Wife Swap and uh, Alaska Gold Rush, I absolutely despise reality TV. Okay. And, <laughs> and I still hate it, if not even more. <laughs> oh, you hate it even more? Yeah, because when you hear about the evil that goes on in TV, it's all reality TV. All that really shady huh. crap, it's 90% reality TV where all the dark stuff is going on because they do not care about you was- at all. I think it'd be interesting for us to do an episode on it at some point as kind of like a history lesson. Mm -hmm. But I think it's always really interesting that reality TV, while it was popular beforehand, it really took a hold on like every single network when the uh, writer's strike happened. Yeah. In the, I forget when that was exactly. 2008, I think. Because they don't have real writers. Like MTV, it's like a random director comes up with like, like like an outline of what they want the story to be and they hand it off to the production management to go out there and try to film that and then they yeah. try to put that together as best as they can possibly put yeah. it together. But um, honestly, I will say We're Here was a really great show to work for. That was my favorite to work for because they were super nice with it not being yeah. really reality TV. The production, they were a lot friendlier. Gotcha. Even though I think one of the production managers may have been a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Hunter? Oh, yeah. I just I do think it is interesting though just saying like, you know, yeah, they, they're they don't care about you. They're just getting their shit done. Yeah. I do think it's kind of interesting that it they pretty much happened when they're like, we don't give a shit about writers. We're going to get TV done anyway. Yeah, they don't. They mm. don't care about you at all. You mean when they when you say they don't care about you? Do you mean like the talent? Do you mean the people that work for the show? Or do you just everything. mean everything? Everyone's there to make money and get out. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I even realized that Teen Mom was still on the air. And at this I point, didn't, I didn't either until you started working for them. <laughs> I know. And I said it to one of the production managers or uh, coordinators. I was like, yeah, I didn't know the show was still on. And he was like, I know. <laughs> I'm making so much money right now doing this. Yes. Wow. So when I, I thought it was really funny when he told me that we had someone coming on who had worked on uh, Teen Mom 1 and 2, I was like, oh, like the original season with like Farah Abraham, like the one. And then I looked it up as like, oh, there's like 12 seasons and like way down the line for some reason they called them one and two and it's not season one and it's two. It's not, yeah. So it's Team Mom OG and Team Mom 2. Uh, and I'm, there were no Team Moms on anything I was working on. At this point, these <laughs> girls are older if or the same age I am. Yeah, oh, really? So it's yeah. like it's following up yeah, these on are, their lives. Yeah, these are legacy. Oh, people. interesting. This is, this is oh. not new stuff. This is our legacy, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no, these are the legacy people that were on the original shows. They're still following them. Oh, for Team Mom 2? Yeah, and Team yeah. Mom OG. Oh, really? Because Team Mom 2 is following uh, Jade still. 
I okay. mean, she was on the show like 10 years ago. Well, maybe not wow. 10 years ago. I don't think that kid's 10 years old. But these are not teens. I can tell you that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess I think I know the answer because I was going to, after asking if you've come to appreciate reality TV more, which it sounds like the answer is no, I was going to ask if you think reality TV is an art form in and of itself. Like, do you consider reality television art? No. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not saying people who aren't working on it are artists. One, the talent are not artists. The whole reality TV is based around people who make bad decisions. They're, like, that's just the thing. Everyone's yeah. like, they're on TV because they made bad decisions in their sure. life. Well, a lot of and it. it's exploited. We, we actually had this conversation on the last episode. We talked about how reality TV is inherently exploitative. And that and I think some shows are exempt from that. We're Here is certainly, I think, exempt from that. Absolutely, Like, a, yeah. a show like Queer Eye. Like, yeah. some of these sort of, like, more feel-good shows. Right. Um... Right, right. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, uh, definitely exploitative, and that's just the nature of the reality of reality TV. Um, yeah. Not saying that there are, that there's not skill that goes into making it, because honestly, to be able to think on our feet, the production managers, that's really yeah. uh, it requires a lot of skill and a lot of experience to be able to do that. The stuff that they were just slapping together at last minute, like okay, I guess we're turning left instead of going right, and just yeah. following these people go off on their crazy lives to be on their feet and be able to. Uh, do that, and also with the cameraman, the sound equipment to be able to maintain all that equipment on the fly like that. Yeah. There's a lot of talent that goes into. It's that. almost like a different type of skill from like a scripted show, right? Um, because you're having to improvise more, right? Yeah, a lot of it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, uh, I think the only other than shows like the feel good shows, the only other exemption I think that are like some of the competitive shows where I've heard now like the biggest thing you can have on your um, like portfolio going into something like a new season of Survivor or something is having a huge social media following. Uh-huh. Like they're essentially just pulling random influencers to that, be like, you're going to be on my show, you're going to post your video about show and all your followers are going to And that, it doesn't just affect reality TV, that affects actual filmmaking and art too. Really? A lot of actors are hmm. now getting jobs just because they have a bigger Instagram following than another actor. No way. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's kind because of they think it'll draw more eyes to the product. Yeah, especially if you're a no-budget independent like film, you want more uh, exposure. So yeah. if you get an actor that has 10,000 followers versus the actor who's got 100 followers, that person with the 10,000 followers will probably post, hey, I'm in this movie, giving more of a chance people to be able to see that movie. Wow. Yeah, I should have made it, because you, you're kind of involved in like independent film Yeah, I've been doing too. independent film stuff for the last, since 15 or 16, when I was yeah. working with my brother on stuff. Um, only really gotten into TV in the last... Uh, since the pandemic, because I worked for Eli Lilly, and then they cut my department out. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, gotcha. We don't need this entire department. So then from there, yeah. I kind of wandered around, did DoorDash for a few weeks, and then... And then got, landed on reality TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then from there, I've just been jumping from TV to TV. Yeah. Can but, we... Oh, go ahead. Can we ask how you got involved with uh, actually becoming a production so assistant? So, Indiana... Yeah, Indiana is... Uh, Interesting that we actually have one of the largest film communities here that oh. no one knows about because Indiana, we kind of suck as humans, generally speaking. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. That's for the art community. But we have what's called the Indiana Filmmakers Network. And there are 8,000 people on our Facebook page. But it is wow. a, uh, we are a 501c corp, uh, actually on the board now. Uh, we are a 501c organization devoted yeah. to educating and networking and bringing in, like, uh, equipping, you know, more or less nobodies with the ability to. Uh, make their movies and tell their stories. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, and that's how I found it because one of our guys down in Evansville posted that we're here was coming through. So I just sent him an email with a description of myself and they mm-hmm. hired me. And then from there, I found out there's some industry websites that are kind of shady because you have to pay a subscription. But I did pay the <laughs> subscription and it paid off within wow. two days of me even subscribing. Mm-hmm. And I just posted my resume on there and I've been uh, 
yeah, jump show to show. That's pretty cool. I was going to ask, do they do um, the Heartland Film Festival as well, or is that a separate organization? Uh, it's a separate organization. I say because I know we, we do just have a lot of weird film stuff. I yeah. used to work at a coffee shop by one of the theaters that did uh, the Heartland, oh, okay. and it was like no one around me knew that the Heartland Film Festival was happening. Yeah, and then we would just get the weirdest like people from like California and stuff coming through a yeah. shop being mm-hmm. like. What do you mean you don't have these type of coffee beans? That's like <laughs> right. this is Indiana. Like we can't, we live, we cannot. God will not let us grow coffee beans here. It's like right. we get what we can get. <laughs> right. So please I've, enjoy yeah. this coffee. I've done some work for Harlan too for a couple of years. Okay. I did some. Uh, I did screening for them one year, and then I did uh, actual volunteer like on the ground work. I did usher work for at the AMC in Castleton one year. So Indiana's got some cool shit going on, it sounds like. Yes, yeah, so we have a lot of cool stuff. Just no one knows how to utilize it. And everyone's the problem is that everyone's super exclusive mm. here. Uh, like, the, uh, you probably see this a lot in the music. I know you're heavy into music. I don't know. You know I, Hunter's been in bands and stuff. Yeah, right. and yeah. yeah, That's actually how the three of us met. Yeah, yeah. I figure as much. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same with filmmaking with all the arts. There is so much inviting for no reason. Absolutely no reason. Everyone's like super pretentious and exclusive. And it's like, ah, if we just like work together... So people are afraid, actually, people are afraid to network or something. A lot of that, yeah, yeah. It's hmm. Just their hate going outside of their little uh, clicks. Gotcha. Yeah, totally Andrew. understand that. Yeah, I was trying to do film production when I was in college, and I realized that I just didn't want to deal with the drama, and like I also just didn't have you know the connections and you right. know all of it. I was just like, yeah. eh, I'm giving up. Yeah, no, the, it's the drama is it's absurd. Gotcha. Yeah, I've done. I've done. I have a friend who's like super wants to be like a filmmaker and stuff and i've met a couple other directors people have done documentaries and stuff and a lot of those people are just very like i have a vision mm-hmm. i have a plan we're doing this right and not written we're off from film here for a minute but uh, my personal opinion the auteur filmmaker is dead there's yeah. no reason to be an auteur like you have to have you if you're going to be an auteur you have to be responsible with that and a lot of old school people were responsible with that but like no one here is responsible with that so stop you got to be collaborative it's a collaborative project mm-hmm. yeah your vision you have to compromise yeah i imagine fil- film even more so than music i would imagine yeah. right cuz it takes a lot more people to make a film yeah yeah because I've been involved in plenty of bands where just some guy like, hey, I wrote five songs. Want to come learn these for me and record it? Right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure. And we do it. And then you move on. But yeah. like. Yeah. I think it's easier to get people together to make music than it is film. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, I mean, that. hey, do you want to come hang out and play guitar? Right. Hey, do you want to carry like heavy sound equipment <laughs> <out> around <laughs> for two weeks? Right. We're going like, to be out here for 16 hours a day. Uh, I feed you pizza, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, that's true. There's probably not. Even though, even if there's a lot of talent in Indiana, there's probably not a lot of money. Right, um, which, which is another reason that probably holds yeah, holds everything back compared to anecdote about that. But I'm not yeah. sure if I can share that or not. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you can tell us off air. I will. Um, should we get into the the actual shows that that you worked on? It sounds like sure. It sounds like trafficked uh, has a pretty interesting story. Yeah, so that one, this is the one where things get a little uh, dicey about what I could be sharing. That's so fine. trafficked, I I. Actually, never seen the show, nor did I really quite understand the premise of it. I showed up to work and before I even knew what the show was. Yeah. This is why you do research on what you're going to do. So I get a call from this lady. She's like, hey, we're going to be filming this in three days. Can you be here to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can. So I get a, I've been t- I was talking to the production manager, and she was telling me uh, what we're going to do. She's telling me, uh, yeah, to show up at the hotel, grab the P card, the production card, go grab uh, Crafty, which is all the snacks and food and stuff, and then meet her yeah. back there and do, run a couple of errands. And that's what I expected to be mostly doing so i show up at the hotel and she's like yeah come up to this room uh come up to my room to grab the card i'm like okay and then she followed up with a text message was 
just to grab the card. Nothing else. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we're safe here. I'm not, <laughs> hey, no intentions. Well, she opens the door and I like, got my mask on because it's still COVID stuff going on. And she hugs me. The first thing she does, I like, yeah. oh, thank you for helping us out. And like, hugs me. And I'm like, I guess we're on hugging terms. <laughs> person I've never met who also made it very clear I'm only grabbing the card. So I grabbed the card and did that. Uh, but I guess they're following a acid dealer. And who is a really cool person, this person. Uh, but yes, they're following an acid dealer who's dealing acid during the Grateful Dead shows. Wow. Okay. And, um, it mostly I was running errands. Uh, and then uh, when they did the actual interview with her, I would also... So they did an interview in one of the hotel rooms. I would do a, I'd be a stand-in for the camera guy uh, so he can get the lighting correct. And then when they did the interview, they actually had me leave because the uh, dealer they were interviewing was a little uh, dicey. She didn't want to be. She doesn't want too many people around, understandably. Sure. Yeah. So I waited out in the hallway for a few minutes. But then uh, we, the time came to actually go into the uh, show. They realized that they, in order to get into what's called, I think, Shakedown Alley, yeah, Shakedown Street. Shake Shakedown Street or whatever, where they're doing all the, where they're dealing all the drugs out. They have to have VIP tickets because that's the VIP era area, and they didn't have those. <laughs> oh, so they had me drive on the production Escalades. They actually traded uh, driving for people's VIP tickets at the hotel. Oh wow! So I was driving people into the show and dropping them off and coming back. And they were then tipping me in drugs because, man, people who go to the Grateful Dead are really nice people. <laughs> they tipped you in drugs. They tipped me in drugs, and I thought, you know what? So I took the drugs and I was high the entire time that you were working <laughs> I was working there because it's one day what are they gonna do fire me <laughs> yeah 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 true <laughs> but during the thing my job they parked the cars I had to make sure to watch the cars uh, but also I had to watch her dog the uh, dealers brought her dog and her girlfriend with her mm-hmm. wow I'm sorry person brought their dog and their girlfriend with them they're cool people yeah uh, so I had to watch the dog while they went off and did their thing, and they went off filming. I had to watch the cars. Uh, it's called uh, Firewatch when you're watching the equipment, make sure no one steals it. Uh-huh. And I had to chase off what are called uh, the Nitrous Mafia, which are these tweakers that walk around with balloons selling nitrous out of the balloons. And one of them tried to get in one of the cars because the cops were coming. He was trying to hide, so I had to oh, chase wow. him off. He, there wasn't too much trouble, but that was a little bit scary when I realized he was actually there. Wow. Yeah, I uh, actually went to a Grateful Dead show over the summer, and it is crazy. I wasn't even in the VIP area. They have, like, a public shakedown street, too. Oh, do they? And it was just as crazy. Like, there's a yeah. guy with, like, a basically a soda box ripped open and turned into a sign that just said, like, what do you need? Weed? Acid? Yeah. Mushrooms? <laughs> Let me know. Well, this uh, and, this person was a little more clever about it. They were selling hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff, and they ah. were grilling it, and then you come over, and they would you would talk, and then they, they would deal with <laughs> acid. That's interesting. Yeah, they're a very smart person. I think they actually have, like, a science degree. I'm friends with them on social media. They actually like wow. a, they had like a science degree. They're actually really intelligent. Very interesting. Uh, drive around this armored truck, this F one F six fifty. It's huge, massive. It looks wow. like it's like a tank though. And her and her girlfriend and their little dog are driving around the country. I've seen a lot of stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of details about them. I do find the you mentioned the Nitrous Mafia. Yeah, I, I've I've seen them and all kinds of stuff. Like I don't know if you watch like Channel Five stuff. The reporter. No. He goes around, but like. He did a, outside of a fish concert, and there's some footage with yeah. some of those guys, and like I've seen him pop up in other stuff too. Like, but that's wild. I did not realize that there was like a basically a monopoly on running nitrous at concerts. Yeah, there is. It's from what I'm to understand. I don't know details either. This is what information is given to me when we were out there because uh, the lady uh, who we were following was giving everyone the disclaimers because obviously it's a bunch of production Hollywood people. They're out fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they definitely were surprisingly enough because. Yeah. 
one of the camera guys is like, how much acid are you going to do later? And I'm like, well, I don't think that's how you ask that question. <laughs> yeah. And, but I can't imagine like a bunch of like Hollywood, like I hold a camera as a job, people being like, okay, you're in a field in Indiana at a Grateful Dead concert. Have fun. Right. Like that, that sounds like a setup to like a horror or a comedy film. Right. One or the other. Yeah. She gave us a warning. She said, don't take anything from them at all. Like don't, wow. don't mess with them because they're dangerous people. Oh, wow. But, and she explained, I think that they're all mafia. I think they're out, out of North Carolina or something out East Virginia, West Virginia, maybe. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just, you mentioned that. So I wanted to talk about that a little more because that yeah. is like a. That's a, that's a really weird one. I'm gonna have to do my own research. Yeah, and they were selling it too. They like balloons. Like guys would come up, there's like twenty bucks for a balloon, which seems cheap because these were not small balloons. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what nitrous even does to you. I've never actually <laughs> like. Does that make you numb or so, happier? From my understanding, it's like a very lightheaded high, and it doesn't last super long. That's why I think I don't. That's why I think I understood too. But like, so about twenty dollars <laughs> worth of high. But yeah, but like the, <laughs> right. uh, from you don't like take the whole balloon normally. Like it's something you can like hit a little bit. It's kind of like whippets. I think it's like more oh, intense okay. whippets from my understanding. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, I thought it was whippets. It's I mean, basically. So whippets are are nitrous, but you're getting them out of like a very small can, and it's like dirty because like if you're doing whippets, you're also probably get like whipped cream or whatever in your mouth. Whereas nitrous is actual pure nitrous, and so you're getting like the very pure form of it. Huh. I don't know how pure this stuff was at these deals. <laughs> That's Honestly, the idea. Like, right? That's it's the like, idea. It's like breaking bad shit here. <laughs> yeah. We have the exclusive blue nitrous oxide. Right. Which is the purest. Which I don't understand why. I never understood about that show is why a meth head would care about how pure the quality of the meth would be. Yeah. It's like if you're doing meth, you're doing meth, right? Right. Whatever. Um, should we get into We're Here? Anything else about traffic? I think... We're here. It sounds like that's the thing you're most proud of. Yeah, we're here is the one I had most fun. Is it's just the most, well, most of the stories come from trafficked. Uh, I was given the option to go into the actual concert proper, but production was done, and I thought I don't want to go into a concert with these people. I don't ever want to work with them ever again. Yeah, yeah, because they were really, really weird. Just it was the uh, vibe was off. At the Grateful Dead. At the Grateful Dead. But yeah, yeah. The, like, like the actual National Geographic production crew. The vibe was off. I didn't much care for working. Oh, with them. Huh. gotcha. Whereas, like, we're here. I loved it. I loved the people. We had, fr- I had friends. There was conversations. It was cool. Did you get to know the three main, like the the drag queens? Not too much. Uh, I had v- not too much interaction with them. Most of my interaction came with. So, yeah. Let me explain what I did on We're Here. Yeah. Absolutely. So I explained that I was a regular PA, but then I got moved to the art department. Mm. My job more or less was to go and buy the supplies but we're building the sets we built the uh, sets for the production uh, for the uh, show at the end of each episode they put on a big oh, drag cool. show that's what we do is we're building those sets oh cool uh, there was some minor stuff too we uh, they called the safe room I think is what it's called you watch that I don't watch the show yeah, Stephanie yeah. watched it she'd tell me but where they do like the interviews and where they do the discussions they, it's called the safe room we also designed that and oh. uh, build that out and then other minor stuff like there was a float in the Evansville episode which I don't even know if it made it into the actual episode <laughs> but a lot of work was put into some, for, into that street fair that did not end up being in the episode almost mm. uh, so we built that float now it's cool it made Evansville look like a very pretty city. I've never been there, but I've, uh, al- I've always heard it's not a great place to go. But it, So Evansville that, is a hit or miss for me. I actually really enjoyed being down there. The food is yeah, amazing really? at all really? the places because it sits in a really particular area where there's a lot of cultural, uh, there's a lot of cross-cultural like food there. Hmm. And yeah. the restaurants down there are amazing. Uh, it was also really scary downtown on the weekends. Their homeless people were scary. Like, really? yeah, like in Anderson, we have a homeless problem, but they don't mess with you. They, it's, they, 
no yeah. one would mess with you. These people were in the middle of the streets trying to put dirt in like, trash cans and were like scream at you and like harass you while you're trying to work. Well, that 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 brings up the there's a scene in the episode where um, there's a man who approaches the the three uh, drag queens and he's got a gun in his. Uh, oh, pants. Yeah. Like, did, did were you around for that? No, that I happened? was not there for that. I wasn't okay. there for a lot of the actual like uh, film work. Um, yeah. the most anywhere I was would have been at the street fair. Yeah, uh, for the Fourth of July because we built a uh, built a float and I had to be on fire watch the whole time for there. And then I helped do fire watch for some of the equipment, uh, actual yeah. filming equipment because it kind of became our central base. And then I dressed up in my uh, and they gave me some American flag overalls and I had my mask on to hang out balloons. Yeah, to kind of decorate. I saw that in the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's so cool. that was uh, the most I had been involved in actual filming. That wasn't the last scene where they do the actual show. In that case, I was behind stage. I was acting as a stagehand. In the South Dakota episode, I dropped the robot. You see there's a science fiction song they did. Yeah. Uh, I dropped the robot I, up there from the rafters. That's pretty okay. I came down. And then for uh, the Evansville episode, I had to move a couch off during the thing. And that was funny because I had to dance to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. But for the show, yeah. I had to actually learn a little bit of the choreography to be able to do that because I had so to like dance out. I had to, people on stage, right? But yeah. I'm not dressed like them. They're all dressed in this '70s colorful outfit. I'm in uh, sage hand black, head to toe, <laughs> yeah. with a hat. I had my mic on, my walkie-talkie, like in my mask, and I was decked out in total black. But I had to dance out with the rest of the people and then grab the couch and then move it off. That's fun. That's and cool. That was fun because I'm probably the least likely person to be able to dance. I have no rhythm. Yeah, we were we were in a music video together, and you wouldn't even dance for that. <laughs> I, be, I mean, I tried. Yeah, I will try to dance, but yeah. I'm telling you this now, I'm not. I'm the worst. Yeah, I have no beat or rhythm. But then the guy who was in charge of the dancing, uh, he is also in charge of like uh, dancing design for Britney Spears and J Lo. Uh, Dua Lipa. Wow. Uh, he's been a backup dancer for Beyonce. I think they said he was the highest paid person on that set. But as soon as they said that I had to dance, he looked at me up and down. He went, he rolled his eyes. <laughs> like, okay. He had to show me the moves. It was funny. You're like, thanks for that vote of confidence. Oh, yeah. No, it's that's awful. amazing. I mean, I loved it. but <laughs> So I guess like um, we've been going almost an hour now, right? Um, so can't actually see. Oh, okay. Sitting, but. Um, as we're starting to, to wrap up here, it seems like my biggest my biggest takeaway from this this interview is that uh, it sounds like a lot of people who work on reality TV are using it as like a stepping stone to something else. There's not. Would you Would you agree that with that? It sounds like that's kind of what you said earlier. I wouldn't say a stepping stone. Some people maybe like if we're like PAs, it's good to get your foot in the door for that kind of thing. Yeah. Because one of my friends there, that was her first gig too, but she's now actually doing production management for other shows. Uh, she came out of college with like a radio degree. Mm. So she was just trying to do that for experience and then got sucked in the TV. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of the PA, especially for we're here, they are legacy PAs and they, all they do is that's their primary job is they travel around. They do not have a home. They live out a trailer specifically on we're here. There are these two brothers. They're Irish. Both of them are gay. And this is important because what they do is they actually pick up boyfriends in the sh- cities that they go to that then mm. they bring them on as PAs. Oh. Interesting. Huh? And those guys were crazy. They were really nice, really cool people. Like they were really cool. Uh, but one of them owns a cult down in Arkansas. Wow. How do you own? How do you own a cult? Right. I don't you know. Have to, you have to like. Uh, <laughs> he started talking about. I know. I know the area is in because my buddy uh, yeah. Caleb, who lives down there, always yeah. talks about this area. There was a uh, a resort city that they were building, and they laid out the entire infrastructure for it, and then lost funding, so they never built any houses. So there's just streets. Wow. With like wow. empty and like it's just empty streets. Like occasionally there are houses built, but it's like a really creepy place. But I guess he bought but they were selling the parcels for like a thousand dollars 
for a parcel hmm. and he bought a bunch of it up uh-huh. and then this cult contacted him. I'm sorry. He calls them communes, but they're a cult. Yeah. Uh, because he's very like particular about that. But yeah, they caught, they, he got on a forum and he's, uh, rents it out. He doesn't rent them out. Yeah. He kind of rents it out to them. They have to pay him like tribute and stuff. Wow. wow. And there's a cult down. It's probably like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. another thing I got to do some research on in my downtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, some people are legacy. Be like, this is what they do because uh, before this show, they were working for uh, a huge documentary series. I can't remember what it's called, but it was following the 2016 election. Uh, and they had like dressed up in armor and stuff when they were doing that. And people thought they were like part of like the campaign, but they were just filming TV. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do is they go and they do PA on different stuff, and that's how they live. Hmm. Kind of like carnies. Oh no They're way! Like, yeah, there's the there's way. like a. Yeah, you just you're you speaking my language now because I'm a big professional wrestling fan. There, mm-hmm. There's like a carny aspect to reality TV. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's people that do that as, as a living. That's what they do. And they just travel around. Right. Like they don't really have like one place that they live. They they travel around to be to work on these shows. Right. And like once they I guess once they're done with one, they kind of like swing to the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I was doing for a minute, but then uh, my wife got pregnant. So yeah, I got I was I got a job here in Indianapolis at a TV station. I actually turned down a job to go work on uh, Alaska Gold Rush. I'm pretty sure I don't know what the show was specifically, but I was in contact with going up to live in Alaska for a few months to work on a reality show, huh. a very well known reality show. But I turned it down for the current Dead, job I'm at. Deadliest Catch. No, I think it was Alaska Gold Rush. Oh, okay. I hope it wasn't Deadliest Catch. <laughs> uh, I, I can't swim. I'd have died. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get stuck doing ice road truckers. Yeah, that'd oh, been okay God. too. <laughs> I've been okay with that, but it was during the summer, so I can't imagine ice road truckers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably not. Probably Alaska. I think it's. I hope it was Alaska Gold Rush, which is the one I yeah. like. But I did turn it down to be here in Indianapolis. I regret this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely regret it. No, it's fine. Well, it's this got- is a that's, man. That's that's so interesting. The like peeling back the curtain a little bit, finding out how this stuff is made, and um, the like. I know we just now talked about it, but the carny aspect is really fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, I'm guessing that's not true of like, that, that's not the case for like scripted TV. Is it? Or uh, is it? Probably. It depends. I would say no, I haven't really worked on scripted TV. Gotcha. So I really don't, I would imagine there's some crossover cause if a job is a job, even if you yeah. settle down for a few months, a job is a job. Um, but actually going back to your point of uh, jumping off, the thing is, like, we're here was really weird because there are people working on that show that normally would not be working in TV. Like Marla, she doesn't do TV. She does production design for photography. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, Ozzy Osbourne, Lady Gaga, uh, Katy Perry, she designs their stage shows and their album art and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was really, but she's a, uh, she's an older lady because even one of uh, the other person, people on the show said it's really weird that she's even working on the show. TV's not her thing. Yeah. Same with the... Uh, uh, choreographer TV's not his thing, but here they are working on TV. It's because they're friends with the producers. The guys who uh, started the show were actually uh, entertainment lawyers who decided to get into making television. And it's a good idea. It's a good concept. Like on paper, it's a yeah. really wholesome show. Yeah, I really think it is a wholesome show. You just wish it was longer. I just wish it was longer. That's the only reason <laughs> I don't really watch it because it is there's so much good quality drama, like interesting stuff that goes on. A lot of like uh, f- uh, family related drama and stuff like that. Even uh, and I think it'd be cool if they even filmed some of the actual production aspects of it, just a little bit yeah. to uh, fluff it out. And but you think they just cut that for time, or do you think they cut that because they're trying to not make it? Because it's not really a dramatic show. It it's not could like be. super it dra- drama centric, but it should be. 
Because there's a lot of good drama that goes on there. I mean, you see some of the stories that the people could it tell. Still, Do you could only it watch the Evans Develop episode? Yeah, I did. But okay. like, could it still be like wholesome? Like when I think drama, I think of like people right. fighting and right, stuff Right, right. Like but that. it's not that kind of drama. It's good quality drama. Like a lot of people overcoming their fears. A lot of people oh, overcoming okay. uh, family problems. A lot of people who are not accepted by their family for their orientation overcoming that. Uh, there's a lot of that that goes on that kind of gets gotcha. cut out. A lot of that gets cut out. Okay. I See, I, when I think drama, I think, especially since I watch like trashy reality TV, right. I think I, of like... That's why I said good you know, quality. Good yeah. quality. It's wholesome drama. Because even if they showed all that stuff, it, even with two hours, I think the beats would hit better and it'd be more emotional. Yeah. There'd be a better story arc. And I think people would watch it. It's not yeah. on actual TV. It's on a streaming service. There's no reason to yeah. pigeonhole yourself into that hour-long mm-hmm. uh, slot. Yeah. Format, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of shows you seem for an hour. I wonder if they just, from the beginning, said these are going to be hour-long episodes and then you get there I, and film what you film and... Yeah, I think so. Because like, cause they could easily I said, do two hours. I mean, some of the stuff, there's no reason why they don't do a whole season. Do a whole season on it. I don't want to see why not. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of work that goes into these two weeks just to give you an hour-long episode. Plus, mm-hmm. I mean, with streaming services and stuff, it's all now their focus is on how long you watch, not what you watch. That's right. why, like, it's better to get you to watch a movie than, like, a single episode of a TV series. You know, yeah. you think... You know, two hours, that's twice the commercials we can put in between it. Yeah. Or that's twice as much time that you can fill with your subscription. Right. So you'd think they'd want to do that. Right. But. Yeah. I like the show. It was fun to work on. Yeah. I enjoyed, uh, well, I only watched the Evansville episode, but I really, yeah. especially after just watching the Kardashians where nothing happens. Um, right. It was interesting watching a show where stuff does happen. <laughs> well, the Evansville episode actually made world news. A lot of controversy wow. for that. Why, why is that? That pastor that was on there got in a lot of trouble. And it was actually like... It, all over like with this. his congregation? No, with the yeah, the church had to pull him out. Yeah, because like people were upset that a pastor was on the show. Wow, that was a whole wow. idea. It was huge. That's something we'll have to try and keep up with when we do some of these older shows, and eventually we do want to do. We're here, mm-hmm. um, but like just yeah. looking at like reactions at the oh time yeah, they too. watch the fallout and stuff of like that too. Because yeah. I think it, it is hard to re- to look at it. Because one of the things we talked about when I accidentally watched. The original, like, 2003 series, first season of the Kardashians or whatever it was. Like, yeah. how milk toast it feels in, like, 2022 watching that. Where it's just, like, all the things that everyone's like, it's so shocking they're doing this. It's like, oh, no, the adults are drinking in front of children. Right. <laughs> on, on, oh, no, the they let the little kids make non-alcoholic mixed drinks. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, oh, they, like... The little girl's like, I'm on a stripper pole. And it's like national news at the time. Right. And now you're just like, that's like a Nick of Night like, TV. Like, right. That's something that's happened to George Lopez and everyone's mom be like, wouldn't that be crazy? Right. So, yeah, it'll yeah. definitely be interesting to get into the cultural response of some of the shows we're going to cover. Yeah, and not um, even the cultural response. Watch some of these shows. You might you might see like like the uh, fallout for some of the stuff that they do. Like with the MTV, yeah. the fallout was really interesting when she attacked her boyfriend with the uh, machete i mean she went to jail the cops showed up someone eventually called the cops they didn't at first they were letting it go on they were filming it someone eventually called the cops i think a neighbor cop showed up found a bunch of drugs in her car she did go to jail and she lost like the rights to your kid did anyone on the show get in trouble for allowing that to happen they got fined mtv got fined because i know that's happened with the bachelor before the bachelor has allowed things to happen that made people unsafe Mm -hmm. um and they got in big trouble and had to yeah they got in trouble yeah revise some of their rules yeah. yeah okay that's uh that's something we'll have to talk about when we do more competitive reality TV shows mm-hmm. too because they are like the biggest offender um and really? like oh, yeah. like Survivor and like shows that spe- mm. specifically shows that try to parrot what Survivor does have gotten in a huge amount of trouble 
Um, and I like the, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Kids Town or whatever, where they took like 300 kids out to the desert and were like, oh, yeah. you kids are going to run this town. And like secretly there's like adults running behind them doing everything for them and just letting the kids be afraid of having to do the things because otherwise like they'd all be going to prison for releasing a bunch of kids in the desert and be right. like, all right, fine food. <laughs> right. So like... Wow. Even like those shows get crazy and like the investigations into them and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's- Do either of you have any other questions before? I want to give you a chance to plug your current projects and everything, but um, do either of you have any other questions first? No, I, th- I don't think so. Um, okay. But. Cool. What uh, what you got going on right now that you'd like people to check out? Um, I don't have anything for anyone to check out right now. I was working on a music video for a band that may or may not get released now because of drama going on behind the scenes. Uh, but I am on the board for the Indian Filmmakers Network. If you want to catch that out or catch that on the internet, good. Go to the Facebook, check us out. Go to our yeah. website. Please uh, help help us donate. Uh, COVID wiped out this organization more or less. Mm. I mm. kind of got defaulted into being a board member. So I'm trying to help put it back on its feet. Uh, we're going to need some money down the road soon because we're trying to build our website back up, which is going to be very instrumental in moving forward. Uh, mostly I'm just focusing on that. Um, I will be doing production assistant work for theater next year. So if you're in Anderson at the Anderson Main Stage Theater, come check out our plays. Awesome. Cool. cool, awesome. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for your time. It was really interesting to get uh, some insight into how this stuff works. Yeah, I hope I how have. the sausage is made. Uh, <laughs> and full disclosure, everything I have said on here is from my experience. So if I have incorrectly said something that it's not how it actually works in real life, I apologize. This is what I observed sure, with my yeah. eyes. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm You're just, good. yeah, just saying it yeah. to everyone. Cause I, yeah. So like I could be wrong about things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. yeah thanks for coming to be on. All right. We always say thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Mwah.